Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Seed World Strategy webinar. My name is Alex Martin, and I serve as the editor for Seed World. And today, I'm absolutely happy to be your host. 2023 is in full swing. Though it's not really time for New Year's resolutions anymore, we're hoping today might help all of you with a couple of different goals you might have to better yourself and better your team. Today, we're going to dive right into a topic called, Does Your Management Style Suit Your Team? As we navigate through the constantly evolving world, it's crucial for managers to adapt their leadership styles to suit their team's needs. With baby boomers transitioning out of the workforce and Gen Z taking their place, it's really essential to start exploring how to manage diverse teams effectively. The pandemic brought about uh, significant changes in the way we, uh, we as businesses operate, and managers need to be equipped with the right tools to lead their teams during these challenging times. As a team manager, it's crucial to ask yourself, does my management style suit my team? So during today's webinar, we're going to explore a couple of key learning points. We're going to hopefully discover the way you run your management style, the influence culture has on teams, and how to lead during changing times. I'd also like to let you know that today's webinar is being recorded, and it's going to be available at seedworld.com a little bit later this week. And also during the panel, we'd really like to encourage everyone to ask questions when you have them. I'll be sure to filter those to our panelists during our discussion. Um, now let's go ahead and bring in our expert panel. Today, I'd like to present our three panelists. Jonathan Shaver, who is president and owner of Envision Partners, LLC. Jake Ware, who is business manager for HM Claus and chair of ASTA's lead committee and Rhonda Warner, who is Director of People and Culture of Ag One Source. Jonathan, Jake, and Rhonda, thank you so much for joining me today to help the seed sector learn how to better manage their teams. Um, I figured today we could start with some very brief introductions before we dive into our questions. So Jonathan, I'll let you start. Can you introduce yourself and a little bit about Envision Partners? Thank you, Alex, very much for the invitation today. This is a really critical topic, for, particularly for new managers or managers of new teams. And I've been a leadership coach in the seed industry now for 12 years. And my specific niche with coaching and leadership development and management development is in this specific transition of becoming a new manager or a manager of new teams. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Jake, we'll go ahead and let you take it away for your next introduction as well. Thanks, Alex. Uh, appreciate having me here. First of all, it's nice to see you again. Um, so yeah, a little bit about me. Uh, so my role at HM Klaus is called business manager, which essentially means I'm running a portion of the business as it relates to sales and product development. So currently I lead a team of sales reps and product development reps, some people that do both. And uh, we're focused, uh, the business we do is focused on our direct sales. Um, uh, so we sell seed to like vegetable freezers and canners, and they really want the right genetic um, to uh, give them the right product for their customers. We sell directly to them on that. Um, my responsibilities within LEAD, so first of all, LEAD stands for Leadership, Education, and Development. Um, so I'm the chair of this committee, and uh, we focus on really bringing uh, leadership content to mid to high level leaders. And uh, also we do um, a lot of work with students and really helping them with their next steps. Um, what we do is uh, a fairly conference focused. So ASTA has 
you know, a few different conferences um, that they provide for the members. And in fact, right now we're working very heavily um, on uh, the Leadership Summit, which is happening in Sacramento in June. So just a quick shameless plug, anyone that's looking for leadership training and you're in the seed industry, it really doesn't get any better than this because, you know, you look at, um, you know, you want to be able to have this leadership training and having something that's really catered to your industry um, is something that uh, is, is really quite valuable. So on top of that, a shout out to any students in the Sacramento area. Um, we are designing additional content um, that's catered specifically for you and also having a job fair there. So um, sorry, Alex, shameless plug, but uh, it's a little bit about me and what we're working on right now. No, thanks, Jake. I feel like that's an important thing to take note of uh, in the coming months. I mean, June is only about two months away. Rhonda, I'll let you kick it off with our very final introduction. Perfect. Thanks again for having me today. <clears throat> so I'm Rhonda Werner. I am with Ag One Source. So we are professional and executive recruiters specifically for the ag industry. I have been here for 16 years, um, primarily as a recruiter for our clients. But the last couple of years, I've really focused on our own internal hiring and really digging into what our culture is and how we not only um, hire for behavioral styles for the roles that we're looking for, but also hiring on our culture, uh, because I feel like it's really two, two separate pieces of the puzzle. So. Amazing. Thank you so much, Rhonda. I guess with that, let's go ahead and dive into some questions. I figured today we could start with a question directed to all three of you. Um, I figured we could go in the order that we just went in, Jonathan, Jake, and then finally ending with Rhonda. But I'd love to get our minds kicked into gear for this topic. How have you seen the world of business and more specifically the world of management change over the last few years? Jonathan, I'll, I'll give you the mic first. All right. Well, in, in your introduction, Alex, you mentioned a few of them is that we do have a new a new generation of a workforce coming through. And sometimes we overplay that. I think that we were all new generation at some point. And um, I think the big change would be that there's a great desire for purpose-driven work, work that has an impact to things that are important to the employee and that are larger than the individual. And I don't think agriculture is short of having mission and purpose. And this is something we really need to take the opportunity as an industry, but as a manager, I think also finding ways to connect the day-to-day -day work to a larger purpose and a larger impact is an important change in how we lead and manage employees. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Jake, I'll let you take it next. Uh, first of all, I think that's, that's a good point, Jonathan. Well put. Um, you know, and with this, you know, you mentioned the, you know, the workplace changed um, somewhat through the pandemic um, with remote versus in person and we're trying to find our way here. That's, that's, there's definitely um, change there. Everybody sees that. Everybody understands that. Um, I would add to that, that um, we have market instability right now within the seed industry. We have market movement to these consumers. Um, we've had inventory um, issues within the food chain. We've had uh, consumer preference changes due to inflation. Um, also, we've you know we've seen weather events that really affect our business, um, and you know it's it's dealing with this instability. Um, I'd say it's more unstable, unstable than it used to be. Um, and on top of that, I would add that now we have uh, artificial intelligence on the forefront, and this. Um, it will change many, many things, and it's something that uh, leaders really need to be looking at and understanding 
how will this um, affect our uh, specific business? Yeah, those are great points to add, Jake. Thank you so much. And Rhonda, I'll give you the last word on this question. Yeah, I mean, similar thoughts to to everybody else. I mean, moving to a remote management style, I think, has been challenging for a lot of people, right? Um, so there's that component that people are really getting used to. And and again, it's the generational thing and, and the people who are coming up and how they want to be managed, but really how they want to be motivated, right? Um, kind of like Jonathan said earlier, a lot of the younger generation, it's really a passion for what they do. It's not just a job, right? So it's being able to really understand what's going to motivate those folks. And it's very different than what it was 20 years ago. So it's just really stepping back, looking at some of the changes and, and how to adapt. Thank you so much, Rhonda. Now, Jake, we kind of talked a little bit about this, but I figured this is still a good question to ask you. What would you say are some of those causes for these management trend shifts? I mean, we've seen lots of things happen. We we mentioned there's there's shifting workforces, there's shifting, uh, there's shifting business practices, there's just lots of things on the change. What would you say are some of the root causes? Yeah, I think, you know, technology obviously is a big part of that. The pandemic thrusted us into technology faster than um, we were planning, um, you know, which is okay. But I think, I think we've learned a lot from that, right? Where, you know, what, what works and uh, really what doesn't. Uh, I think we've, we've really found um, um, we've found that out through the process. You know, I think the other side is it, it gets you thinking about work in general and, and what are we hiring people for? So it, it, it's, it, it allows us, it, it kind of allowed us to open up and start to ask these questions again. So an example of that would be, you know, am I hiring somebody just to do a job, right? It doesn't matter how long it takes them, but it's just a job that needs to be done. So maybe it takes them three days a week to be able to do that. You know, are we okay with that? Um, and uh, versus, you know, being a standard five-day week. On the other side, you know, are we hiring somebody that needs to be there eight to five every day um, to be available for problems to be solved? And really, there's really no cap in the, in, in the work that they can be doing. And both of these are perfectly acceptable. And, you know, they are, um, they're just different. So as a leader, you have to look and understand, you know, what, am I, what do I really need um, from this person? Um, and in both of these philosophies, I, I think are perfectly fine. On top of that, I think you still have these, these generational cultural differences that we see, and also kind of the evolution of leadership and then how that plays you know, into our daily activities. Awesome, thank you so much, Jake. I think we're really gonna dive into some of those points that you made a little bit later in our conversation, but I love that you mentioned there are things like the evolution of leadership and technology really influencing it. Um, Jonathan, you know, you have worked with a few different companies. What are some different management styles you typically see in the workplace? Hmm. Typical management styles, I would say that, that there isn't. I think we see all the different management styles. We might call some of them directive, uh, pace setting, more hands-off laissez-faire. Um, you see empathetic and supportive kinds of management styles, democratic consensus level, right? So. They all exist, and just to name some of them, um, and that might resonate with some of our viewers today, those particular names and titles, think that it's not necessarily the style that you have. We, we all have a default management style, the place that we start. It's really the key is knowing that style and then being able to flex our style to 
to the to the situation to match the people that we're leading or we're trying to influence um, or the situation that it called for. Um, and so flexing in the short term um, the, to match the situation and being aware of what our management style is and knowing whether or not it's the right one for the particular situation. Sure, I think that makes a lot of sense, Jonathan. I think we're gonna probably get into talking a little bit about flexibility. Um, Rhonda, you know, we're, we're talking about managing so many different personalities. How do you go about creating your team's culture? And actually, I'm sorry, I jumped a little bit ahead of myself, Rhonda. I would like to change my question. <laughs> we go right ahead. <laughs> sorry about that. I know one of the big things in leadership and uh, management styles can influence as your company culture. Why does your management style affect that so much? I think it really goes into does the company itself, have they defined their true company culture? And are they hiring people based on that? A lot of times companies want to hire solely based on somebody's prior experiences or successes, right? And that's, that's part of it. Um, sometimes there are managers who talk the talk of what the company culture is, but they don't actually walk the walk. So a new employee may come in thinking they're getting one thing, but the management style is totally different and sometimes even goes totally against the company culture, right? So, um, you know, the statistic is that 75% of workers change a job because of their manager. So that style and how they, um, you know, how they embrace the company culture and then, you know, move that down through the employees is, is critical, right? If it's not um, what, what they thought they were signing up for, it can be very, very detrimental. So, you know, it's really important to hire not only on somebody's success and what they can bring, but also, you know, are they really going to fit our company culture? Because things can be toxic, if not, whether that's from a manager um, or an employee. Sure. That's a, that's a pretty big stat. Um, Jake, I, I kind of wanted to follow up with that um, a little bit with you, because I know you're a manager and you're someone who works with young leaders and old leaders across the country. Um, what's your recommendation when you find your team isn't quite gelling with your style? Sure. Yeah. It, uh, um, first, I would say that, you know, there's there's really no optimum, uh, as I think Jonathan said quite well. You know, there's not one optimum management style for all situations. So this is going to happen to anybody. So if they're not gelling, as you put it, with your style, I think the first thing you need to understand is what is it they're not uh, that that's not working. Um, and quite frankly, I mean, I, I believe in communication, you know, um, so to figure this out, you really do need to. Um, ask them, try to understand, you know, what it is. Um, so you could, you know, maybe have one-on-one, -on -one. You, you know, don't make it awkward in front of a big group, but have one-on-one, -on -one. maybe have a leader kind of within your own team. Um, that's that's a great person to reach out to. Um, also, you know, I've done the, uh, the Corn Ferry survey, um, leader, uh, 360 leadership process. This is a great way to do it anonymously where they can, you know, they can actually do a survey of your leadership and, you know, provide some comments. Um, and to help you understand. Now, fair warning, uh, especially with the anonymous ones, there's going to be some things in there that sting a little, and, and, and that's okay. That's that's kind of the point, right? You're trying to figure out um, what is it that I'm doing wrong. Um, and it's uh, one of the big things that I think we, we struggle with in general is we think we're perceived one way when actually we're perceived another way. And if we can understand that, it's really, really critical and valuable 
um, to be able to begin working on that because we're we can be quite blind to it. Um, so you know, it, it, if we're able to do this, you know, you know, it's I think it could be quite helpful. So um, and then you know, how do you fix these things? Um, you should have mentors. If you don't have mentors, get mentors um, and and talk to them. Um, you can reach out to uh, great people like Jonathan um, that specialize in, in helping with these things. Also, there's, um, you know, there's, uh, like right now I'm at the UC Davis Graduate School of Management and we're working on these things specifically. Um, the last thing I would recommend is read. Uh, there's so many books out there, so much content um, specifically catered to good leadership. If you're not a reader of books, Audible, you can just figure out these, you know, who writes these books and look at YouTube content, what, you know, whatever, you know, however you can get that information. Um, it, it really is uh, critical. And lastly, I'd say you, you have to be honest with your team, um, you know, talk to them about these things. Uh, I promise you they will appreciate it because they really want you to grow just as much as you want to grow. Yeah, thanks so much, Jake. I love that you mentioned uh, getting a mentor. I feel like that's maybe one thing people forget is that you don't have to do it alone. You can you can get advice from from your peers, from people you look up to, and things like that. For sure. Um, awesome. Rhonda, I, we're going to go back to my company culture question that I started asking you a few minutes ago. But, you know, while we're managing so many different personalities, how do you really go about creating your team's culture? You talked about the right personalities can make it great and the wrong personalities can make it a little, a little difficult to manage. Um, how do you go about making that and why should it matter in the long run? Yeah, well, I think there's two key parts to it, right? It's it's understanding yourself as a manager and understanding your team. Um, I think Jake mentioned some assessments. We do some assessments with with our clients as well that really dig into that, you know, understanding those behavioral styles and how you come across as a manager. And, and again, sometimes it's asking those questions and getting that feedback that sometimes hurts, right, <laughs> as to what your team is thinking and, and how you come across to them. So the first part, I think, is just really understanding how everybody on your team ticks, right? Not everybody's gonna communicate the same, not everybody's gonna learn the same way. So you as a manager need to be adaptable um, to that team because we're not gonna hire a bunch of clones and everybody's gonna be exactly the same, right? Um, but from a cultural standpoint, it's, it's really understanding what that is. What are your core values? Do the people on your team resonate with those core values? You know, is there an individual that's way off in left field on something in particular? Is that a conversation you can have? Um, you know, but but you have to kind of understand what the values are for your company. Um, and, and the team normally goes hand in hand with that, too. Um, but understanding those styles and being able to adapt to managing them as well as, again, hiring on those core values. If you're not hiring someone that believes in the same things you do probably going to be difficult from a management standpoint. Sure. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rhonda. And Jake, another question for you. You know, we, we talked about not gelling with your team, being a little bit flexible in your style when you're coaching people and, and all the educational tools you can get to help you learn a little bit more. But how can a leader ensure that they're shaping and kind of defining this comfortable yet productive environment? Um, and what should you do if you find your environment isn't working for the team? Yeah, this is, uh, this is an interesting question. There's really no um, perfect solution to this, um, to, to the environment. Um, 
And it's, it's really dependent on the culture, team dynamics, and, and the leader themselves. Um, you know, I think the first thing that you always have to understand with the team is, you know, what's the goal? What's the value you're trying to create? And don't forget about that. Um, and uh, this is really the point of our work, right? We're trying to create some type of value. Um, so make sure that that's kind of in the forefront. And then you really have to start thinking about your company culture. Um, you know, is it like a formal culture, more informal, and more sprinting, more marathons, you know, all these different metaphors. Like, like what, what really, you know, how would you describe the, the, the company and the people within? Um, and then there's more practical aspects to it, right? There's, um, is the team fully remote, like my team? Um, is it completely in person in an office? Do they work more independently? Do they always want to work together? You know, really kind of see that and understand it. Um, and then lastly, do you, you know, what is your leadership style? What kind of fits you? Um, and, and putting that all together to make a, an environment um, that is, it works with, with the team. I'd say one of the most important pieces that we need to build is an environment that is very trusting and people are comfortable expressing themselves um, and they're able to express themselves in a, in a way that's really not offensive, you know, to, to the rest of the group that we can challenge each other. Um, and uh, that's, that's really when I've found the, the most synergy in those types of environments. Um, but I can't stress enough, don't forget about the goal. Um, you know, what is the value we're trying to create? I think sometimes we get, uh, we can get caught up in this. Um, we can get caught up in creating a great environment. You know, we remember when millennials were coming into the workforce and everybody needed pool tables and bean bags and you know, dogs running around the office. Um, you know, it's like it, it's if that's your culture, then fine, that's great. But it's uh, um, it, I think a lot of people found that that's it wasn't really real um, what they were trying to create. So you know, don't forget about that. And uh, in the end, it's 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 treating people um, with respect and and, uh, and understanding that. I think that's very fair. I think Rhonda even brought that up too. You want to make sure your culture is real and you don't want to get misled into thinking that you're joining a culture that would work for you and want to maybe actually work for you in the long run. Mm -hmm. um, before our webinar, I actually got a couple of audience questions I've incorporated into um, our discussion. Um, it sounds like some folks are really having some issues and, and want some solutions to some of the problems that they're experiencing. So I, I have this one question that I'd like to pose to you all. I think this time we'll start with Jonathan and Rhonda and Jake. If you have anything you'd like to add, please feel free to tack it on. But um, as we're talking a lot about company culture, one audience wanted to, wanted to know how to talk to their manager about feeling excluded from your team. Uh, what's your best advice in one of those situations? How do you go about that tactfully, I guess? Hmm. Yeah. So the question is about excluded from the team that they're leading or team that they're a part of, you know, in that the man, their manager is, is leading. So let's start with the, the one where they feel excluded from the, the team that they're a part of, as in they're talking to their managers. I don't feel like I belong. And that's managing up and managing up is a skill all of its own. Um, and we should ask ourselves, why are we hesitant to talk to our manager? Why is managing up actually difficult to do? And it's often we feel like we're speaking to, to authority, to power. And um, I think we overplay that power. You know, we, we, we do worry about it and 
we have to remember as a manager that authority is a is a threat or an invisible power that we often don't recognize that we have that other people are amplifying and so they have a trouble coming to us um so i guess if i'm speaking up to my manager i would say don't be quite as threatened by their authority of position that they're your boss um, as you might be and then talk to them like there's when you do this behavior giving them that feedback when you do this behavior this is how it makes me feel which is excluded and this is the impact that it has i don't want to speak up in meetings or i'm not able to collaborate with my other teammates now if you're feeling excluded because you're the manager of a group that maybe you were a part of and that's often happens right you were a part of the team and you were the promoted to be become the manager of that team and you feel excluded oh that's a real thing i think we see quite a bit and that's becoming that coach player and and i think that's i think that's a natural feeling um that you are now not their peer you're not their buddy you have to make different kinds of decisions and too often when we feel excluded we then tend to overplay that or overcompensate and really try to be everybody's buddy and be chummy and uh, i think that's that can become a dangerous thing and it's worth having an honest conversation with the team that you're leading and say all right you know maybe one-on-one -on -one rather than all at once that would be pretty nerve-wracking but to uh, just talk about what's our new relationship at least at work maybe we can still hang out after work and do the things we used to do but at work how do how are we going to operate and just have that conversation and you just got to lean into it Awesome. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Jake or Rhonda, do you have anything you'd like to add to that? I think so. I think I'll go on, Jake. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think it's it pretty well said there. So, yeah, I was just really going to say, I mean, communication is key, I think, and, mm -hmm. and understanding, you know, where does that exclusivity come from? I mean, is that a social? You know, you feel socially excluded, you feel excluded from the business sense. I think really trying to, to do your homework first before you have that conversation and really understanding and have some examples ready, but then you've got to be able to communicate that with your manager. So the communication part is what's critical. Absolutely. Thank you. I, I do have one more comment. Um, just briefly, uh, I, I do think it's important to remember that your team wants you to to be a, a leader um, and it's uh, it can be a bit scary and uh, it, it naturally is and, and won't make all the right decisions all the time and that can be pretty tough but i i think it's important to really know that your team wants you to to take on this leadership side of the role perfect no, I think that's a that's a great thing to keep in mind Jake and Rhonda communication is important your team wants you to be a leader and take on that role. It's fantastic to, to keep in mind. I have one more question for all of you. Um, again, as, as times are changing, what do you think the most important characteristic a leader could have or could work on right now? And Rhonda, I'll actually start with you this time. So that way you don't have to go last in the round. And maybe <laughs> around this yeah. The, the two key things I jotted down as I was thinking about this is adaptability and listening skills, right? I think 
I think that's critical as, as we're making some of the generational changes in management and employees, right? But, but even having different personality styles that you're managing, if you can't be adaptable to some of those and to understand their point of view and where they may be coming from, um, it's just, it's going to be a struggle, right? So being adaptable and really listening to what your employees are saying um, and that communication style is going to be key. Nobody wants a dictator um, or a micromanager to just tell them what to do. So those are my two, my two tips. Perfect. Thank you so much, Rhonda. Jake, do you have anything you want to add about characteristics leaders need? Yeah, sure. It, uh, um, you know, I think, I think it's important for a leader to really have very honest introspection um and which you know understanding who you are i think it's really the basis to 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 working on yourself and understanding your leadership um you have to understand who you really are um on top of that i would say empathy is quite important really try to put yourself in um in your team's um, seat and understand them and understand the problems they may have and uh you know also you know separate the person from the problem and understand like okay um, you know, we can't get too emotional about these things and uh, to be able to really bring the team back down to here's here's the actual situation we have and you know here's how we guide it towards a solution you know I think these are uh, being the calm in the storm can be really critical. Thank you and then Jonathan do you have anything you want to add to it? No, when you asked the question I I listened self-awareness, right? Knowing yourself, paying attention to yourself in every situation. So I'll spin it a little bit off of Jake's point and call it intentionality, that we're going to run into a lot of situations, particularly a lot of new situations as a manager. And you will learn and you will grow through every situation. But if we're intentional about saying, okay, what am I learning in this situation? What did I learn in this situation? So using some reflection that that intentional self-awareness of how you responded to a situation, maybe even how other people responded to the same situation is how we learn with intentionality and it changes the trajectory of our development. So I'll call it intentionality to sum it up. I think that's perfect. Um, Jonathan, I know one of your other favorite terms to use for, for leaders is the term resilience and that, that a leader needs some of this resiliency in this day and age. Can you kind of define what that means a little bit more for us? Sure. And uh, resilience, Jake, isn't that just the topic of the upcoming ASTA Leadership Summit that we have in June? It is, Jonathan. Yeah, right. So resilience. And uh, so resilience is the ability to adapt to those challenging situations through our emotional and behavioral flexibility, that word again, in the, you know, as we have new demands and new challenges come to us. So it's adapting to challenging situations. And facing demands and facing challenges ourselves and then guiding other people through it, that is the job of a manager. And so that's why resilience is such an important piece for um, for managers. And so resilience isn't necessarily a skill, but resilience is a is a way of being. And it's something that uh, I guess what we call a positive energy that when we hit those situations, it's something we can tap into. 
it's a it's a it's a it's a flexibility it's an adaptability it's a plasticity it's a source of energy that isn't again it isn't a skill that you say okay i'm showing my resilient skill this is what it looks like it's something you build up and that's through mindfulness that's through exercise good eating habits good sleep you know all of those things that we talk about good mental health good physical health um, gives you the ability to take on a mental challenge in the same way that we take on a physical challenge and so it's uh, resiliency is that source of energy that that we need to be flexible to manage all these changing situations and changing needs of people and new situations that we're going to run into Awesome. Thank you so much, Jonathan. We've got a couple of minutes left, about eight minutes left, and I think we have time to tackle our last three questions. But Jake, you know, I, I loved recently ASTA hosted a panel at the Vegetable and Flower Conference to prep for the next ASTA Leadership Summit that we've mentioned a couple of times, all about working and managing a team of younger next generation employees. What is the, your best solution or suggestion, I guess, to working through this kind of generation turnover? And how do you think leaders can prepare and better understand the new generations that are going to help manage? Yeah, it's, uh, I agree. That was, that was a really fun panel, by the way. And, and the students were fantastic and um, really participative. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, to answer your question, uh, I would start with saying, you know, talk to them. Um, spend time with them. You know, it's uh, uh, sometimes we get caught up and, you know, we're, we're you know, seeing these different pieces on different generations and these generations are like this or like that. And we start to build some confirmation bias behind that. Um, I've, I've had wonderful experiences with, uh, with students over the past few years and, and also with younger people that are new to the workforce. Um, you know, hired some fantastic people that are new to the workforce. Um, you know, and, and so I'd really caution people, don't let your opinion be formed by others, um, you know, who probably haven't spent the time to really talk um, you know, to these uh, um, to these younger folks. Um, and, uh, you know, that being said, I would also add that, uh, you know, young adults are, are really hungry for knowledge and wisdom. Um, so don't be afraid to teach. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the beginning of time. It's always really been necessary for those with experience to teach the new generation what they know so that generation can stand on your shoulders and maybe do things a little bit differently, but also through um, what they've learned from you. So both of those things would be a good start. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jake. I think this other audience question I got before the webinar is, is actually going to kind of sound a little bit similar to that question. Um, a gal in the seed sector was looking for advice. She mentioned, you know, a common trend among new managers is that they're really excited, as, as Jake described, hungry to tackle change and big issues, but might be met with a brick wall from their upper management. She wanted to know, without being disrespectful or condescending, how do you gain that respect that to, to try and get the opportunity to try these new things and be met with grace at the same time? Um, Rhonda, I might let you take a stab at this one and see if Jake or Jonathan have anything they'd like to add after. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I think a lot of times you know, new managers, they are, they're excited. They have lots of great ideas and the upper management sometimes doesn't want to let them spread their wings and fly as largely as quickly as what they would want. So, you know, I think it's just stepping back and, and understanding that, you know, 
I don't want to squash your goals completely, um, but let's let's figure out how to tackle this in maybe smaller increments. Um, I think a lot of times it's just the big initial change that's sometimes scary for for those above them, um, but they're really excited to make changes. So it's you know, okay, if I can't get from point A to point B directly, what are some of the little steps I can take along the way to be able to eventually get there or at least prove that what I'm trying to do is going to work, right, so that, that we can go on and take some of the bigger steps. So, I mean, I would think just, just try to start small and try to communicate that with your manager. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rhonda. Jonathan or Jake, did you have anything you wanted to add on to that one? Um. Yeah, it, uh, I think it's, it's uh, first of all, definitely agree with Rhonda on this. Um, I also think it's important to, you know, we talked about empathy and giving people benefit of the doubt with our team. Um, we can also do this with our, with our leadership, right? And it's important to, when, you, when you're thinking about approaching them, try to really put yourself in their shoes and understand what are they really trying to achieve, right? And what are the hurdles that they have that are in front of them um, with this achievement? Um, and what are the things that you can do to help with this endeavor? You know, and if you can come with real solutions to the problems, um, they will begin to be open to new ideas. And really what you're doing there is you're, you're building credibility. And um, the more credibility and trust that these leaders have in you, the more they're going to be willing to take on a risk um, with a new idea. And Secondly, I would definitely agree with Rhonda on the uh, the size of the risk. Make sure you really understand that. Sometimes we we're going to solve the world's problems and, and bet the farm, and, and it's really not necessary. So really understand the risk that you're taking with this new idea, and relate that to the business in a very real way. Thank you so much, Jake. Jonathan, anything to add? Yeah, I, I would say that when you're met with a brick wall, be curious. Respectfully ask why, uh, you know what what is in the decision, and and really learn and if, hit it with a curious stance, not a defensive stance, or an offensive stance, um, and and learn from your supervisor, your manager, you know what what is your job? As Jake just said, you know what is the, what are the problems you're trying to solve? What's the next level, um, you know, and, uh, and and learn so that you can start to collect the tools, the experiences that, that you need to take on that kind of role. Thank you so much, Jonathan. We have one last question before we, we wrap up for the day. Uh, I'm probably going to ask you all to be a little brief on this one, but you know, we've given a lot of advice here today. What do you think is the one most important thing managers should keep in mind in today's business world? Um, let's start with Jake and then maybe we'll go Jonathan and give Rhonda the last word. Oh, Alex, I struggle with brevity. Um, I would say the biggest challenge, challenges are also the most rewarding solutions. When we think back to the things that we're proud of, it's uh, it's not when times were easy, it's when times were challenging and we stood up to that challenge. So it's always important to remember, especially when times are difficult. Perfect, thanks so much, Jake. Yeah. Jonathan? Keep your head up. And that has two meanings. One, keep your confidence up Keep and uh, by building your resilience. And the other one is keep your head up and pay attention to what's going on around you. Learn about the conditions and the context of the decisions being made in your organization. Awesome. Thank you. And Rhonda, we'll end with you today. Yeah. Lastly, I would say, you know, those are all good tips too, but, you know, understand your culture. Um, make sure that you're hiring to it. Make sure you're managing to it. 
you know, don't sell people on a culture that's on paper, but then it never actually adheres to those values. So, you know, all of that goes into, you know, being a successful manager. Awesome. Thank you so much, all 33 of you. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I'm so excited to write the article that will go along with this conversation, but that's all the time we have uh, today. Uh, one last big thank you to all of our panelists for joining us, and thank you to everyone who participated. We loved getting your questions before the, the webinar started, um, and we really hope that you found some of this information of value if you liked this webinar, make sure to tune in next month. We're going to have another webinar on May 25th at 12 Central, the same time. We're going to take a bit of a different dive um, and talk a little bit more about how next-gen ag tech is advancing the seed sector. And then just one last reminder before you go today, um, if you missed any part of this webinar, don't worry, we'll be sending you a recording of it and a recording of the webinar will be made available later at seedworld.com. So thank you so much again, everyone. We hope you have a terrific day. This is Alex Martin of Seed World signing off.